any trip on the flow, man. Some neighbors are saying way too loud. Welcome in, everybody, to a brand new episode of the world-famous Loose Lugnuts podcast. I'm Evan Roberts, joined alongside a very special guest and dear friend of the program, Luke Hillen. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not dead. I, I'm still. I'm still around. I'm happy to be back. Uh, I think this is my first appearance on the podcast this NASCAR season. So it's it's been too long. Yeah, because we had you on for the preview, I believe, season preview. Yep. Yep. That's not right. since the season officially started with the Daytona 500. Thomas is out working. He's getting rained on in Hoover, Alabama. So <laughs> had to call, make a call to the bullpen, and bring you in. So we're happy to have you. Good to be here. This is a good one to good one to be on for too. A lot to talk about from the All Star Race and uh, preview yeah. going into Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, we have the uh, Coca Cola Six Hundred, which uh, NASCAR deems one of the big three, with the other two being Daytona Five Hundred and the Southern Five Hundred. Uh, but let's get into the news around NASCAR uh, before we preview all three races in Charlotte. Uh, NASCAR after being embarrassed at the end of the all-star race said that the caution on the last lap shouldn't have come out. Uh, Scott Miller, the senior vice president of competition at NASCAR uh, said, quote, wish we wouldn't have done that end quote. And then said that NASCAR determined that Ryan Blaney's window net was secure because quote, he had both hands on the steering wheel and the window net was still up end quote, <laughs> which is both of those quotes are kind of funny. Uh, but I think we kind of alluded to this in the recap, but we haven't gotten your thoughts, but I, NASCAR has to be thinking they're lucky stars that Blaney held on to win that race because that would have just been a debacle. Yeah, no question. I mean, y'all have talked about that part specifically already, but the whole thing was embarrassing regardless of what happened. And, and it, it would have been far worse if Blaney hadn't ended up winning, but poorly handled. Obviously, Scott Miller realizes that. Um, but also, I mean, there was a a pretty long period of time between when the caution went out, when he dropped his window net and when they went back to green that Scott Miller or somebody high up at NASCAR could have come on and been like, no, this is a little bit silly. Uh, we're just going to call the race right now. Like it should have been anyway. And I don't think anyone would have been upset about it except for Denny Hamlin. Yeah. They either should have just called it or let him come down pit road and then fix it instead of having put him, him trying to maintain, you know, was it caution speeds what about 55 60 yeah probably? yeah and, and put him back in first after letting him go fix yeah. it but they're they're lucky they're so lucky that there wasn't an accident or anything like that because the window net would not have stayed up and, yeah. and so then it's just yeah a bad deal but uh, i kind of feel like you know that could be a good defense like in a like a drunk driving situation be like no officer i was fine both my hands were on the wheel and my window was up so we that's were true yeah. If Scott Miller said it. Then. <laughs> uh, and then sticking with the all-star race, um, president and CEO of Speeder, Speedway Motorsports, Marcus Smith, was on Sirius XM NASCAR about hosting the all-star race at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, when asked about rotating the event uh, that the Cup Series doesn't race at, maybe Wilkesboro, wink, wink, hint, hint. He said, I don't know. We had it in Charlotte for a number of years and did it in Bristol in 2020 when we couldn't have it in North Carolina. Then we moved it to Texas for the last couple of years. This event, we had more people buying tickets than we did last year. We had increase in tickets and camping. It was a lot of fun for the people in the Southwest region of the United States. But he also said, quote, one thing I found is nobody likes change and nobody likes anything to stay the same. It's one of those things where you can't make everyone happy. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh, the relationship between NASCAR and, and SMI is pretty interesting in general because 
SMI has their own interests in mind with the the dates that they have uh, control over and how they want to schedule them and and how they want to utilize the tracks that they own. But at the end of the day, and Marcus Marcus knows he knows racing. the The, the race was not exciting. It wasn't entertaining for anyone. Jeff Gluck's poll proves it. Yeah. Um, and you know, they had they had the All Star race, the Winston at Charlotte for however long, and then the only reason they ever changed it was because of the I think it was the bathroom laws going on in North Carolina or something where they couldn't host it there. If I'm not mistaken, they went to Bristol, but I get it because from their end on a business standpoint, if they're selling tickets in, te- in Texas and, you know, on, on, on the promotional side, it's doing well, that's the position he's in. But at the same time, for the sake of the sport and for NASCAR, it's gotta be a little bit different, you know, it, it, but, but that's a, that opens up a whole nother can of worms with the racing at Texas in general has not been good for a while. And, and you know, whether it's the way that the cars run on there, the way the track is built in general, they totally redid Atlanta. And seemingly it's, it's, it, I thought it was a hit. I thought the racing was great at Atlanta. I'm not saying they need to redo Texas, but, but it, it's going to build up and it's going to pile up that there's a lot of races there in a row that are not super exciting for the fans. So it, he's in an interesting spot and they, they are in general with, with this. Yeah, something something about the track needs to change, and I'm not smart enough to figure it out. But you can't have a guy leading by four seconds about 20 laps into it and expect people to be excited about it. Yeah, and if you're listening on the scanners, the drivers are frustrated too because it doesn't even matter if you have a good car or not. They couldn't they they couldn't barely pass. You know, yeah. the elite cars could come from the back of the field and move up, but other than that, they couldn't do anything. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do, and like we've kind of talked about, maybe switch up. I mean, you have like the skills competition that other sports do and stuff like that. And maybe you don't do a full race, but maybe try to do different things. Like I, we kind of liked the uh, qualifying where it was like the drag race and pit stop. And like, that was kind of interesting. And you're utilizing the whole team doing that. But I just think something needs to change besides just the four stages of racing, especially when it's only 20 laps. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Joe Gibbs gave an update on Kyle Busch's contract saying, quote, we're really confident that we're going to have the number 18 car squared away sponsorship wise. And we're trying to work on our deal right now with Kyle. So we feel good about it. Uh, He also indicated that the plan for JGR is to keep Ty Gibbs in the Xfinity series for another series, which I think is a pretty good idea because we see he's very young and some of the decisions he's made on and off the track this year. And then when you really look at it, he's run less than 25 Xfinity races in his career. And, and uh, you don't really want to rush him because I think that's a pretty big jump. Yeah, good good for Joe Gibbs Racing for supposedly finding sponsorship because wasn't Kyle saying that they were not doing that or something, even though they're the a top two team in NASCAR. Um, but he, I guess I understand maybe a little hesitation from companies to – partner with Kyle who gets booed everywhere he goes regularly but I mean it's still an elite car the 18 is is an elite ride and it, I, I think the whole sponsorship thing is more of something for Kyle to complain about because that's what he likes to do but yeah. uh, I agree on the Ty Gibbs stuff I, I think you know it seems like he's he's come back down to earth a little bit in that well he is uh, human and 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 he actually does make a lot of mistakes and has a lot to learn and it he looks more like a rookie this year than he, he did in his limited races last year, at least from my point of view. Yeah. Um, and, and there's no need to rush him. He's so young. I mean, he looks like he should be in in, in, the, in seventh grade. Uh, He's like 18, right? Yeah. I mean, 
and he fights with his helmet on. <laughs> come, come on. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And, and, and frankly, I mean, they've got Kyle, Denny, uh, I guess Christopher Bell has not lived up to expectations so far in the 20, uh, but then Truex. So where, where would he go? Maybe Truex retires. Maybe they move Bell somewhere, but yeah. Cause I guess part of it too, I guess, uh, Bubba is part of that team a little bit with 2311 and their partnership with them too. Yeah. Move him over. Yeah. So the Facebook rumor was that, was that, uh, well, that Kyle was going to go to 2311 and, and Bubba was going to go to the 18 car. Uh, that guy on Facebook wrote that I think yeah. you texted. Um, but I, I have a hard time. Uh, it, I know Michael Jordan is not extremely involved in 2311, but he's still an owner. And, and I have a hard time seeing him just letting go of Bubba like that. And I don't think Kyle and Kurt want to be teammates either. Yeah, I, I, get that I, could, I totally agree <laughs> with that. I think they like the loose partnership that they yeah. have. Uh, well, speaking of 2311, they are placing expansion on hold until teams figure out whether they will be able to get more TV money with the next media rights deal, which would start in 2025. So that means they won't buy any new charters or develop a new headquarters until that happens and they get a clear picture on the cost of operating uh, the next-gen cars. And then some semi-late breaking news on Thursday on the topic of TV media rights. ESPN will talk to NASCAR about the next media rights deal. Basically, they're saying uh, F1 will continue to be the flagship, uh, but they said, quote, we're really happy with F1 being our flagship right now. Obviously, we know that NASCAR in particular is a conversation that will likely happen in some shape or form going forward, just because when any major sports property comes to market, we don't dismiss anything out of hand. So we're interested in exploring whatever that looks like, but right now we're pretty satisfied with F1 and assuming a renewal, it would continue to be a flagship. Kind yeah. of mixed messaging there. Very, very, very mixed messaging. Because why, I don't know the circumstances, you know, you always see quotes and headlines and you don't really know the circumstances of how they came to the news. So was yeah. some ESPN guy just like, talking to the media about something totally unrelated and they just asked about NASCAR. So he felt obligated to answer or did they like put out a statement about this, you know? Um, but, but I'm curious what happens with the NASCAR meteorites deal on a, on a couple of things. Obviously the 23 XII I stuff makes sense because if the teams are going to get substantially more cash out of the deal, which would align with how other TV deals are, then they can feel, they can feel like they have the green light to, expand but also what's the rush to expand it's super expensive to expand yeah. so yeah it'll be interesting i i kind of get the impression i don't know why it's just a feeling like whenever nascar renews their deal nbc is not going to be a part of it um but and i also feel like fox will be a part of it because i think nascar aligns pretty closely with like fox and what they're about yeah. uh but, but i could see espn getting involved and i, I don't think that's bad uh, it'd be interesting to see yeah, I would wonder what they would do or how many races they would get because I think they I don't think they would pony up to get like the playoffs or anything like that, but I could yeah. see them uh maybe trying to get maybe Daytona or one of the, you know, 10 races in the middle of the season, but it would be interesting to see. Yeah, that. in reality, NASCAR could probably end up structuring this and get more cash if more if more than just two TV distributors were involved because I I think that all of them would be more willing to hop on board with a smaller commitment to fewer races, you know? And it would be good it, even if they signed a smaller deal with ESPN, because then I think they would, you'd see more highlights and stories and stuff about them 
on you know sports center espn.com aside from like controversial stuff yeah you absolutely would you never ever seen the only time you ever have seen nascar on espn in my lifetime is when they had that deal uh yep. it, when, whenever they signed dr jerry punch and and brad doherty and and uh those guys and then it was on sports center and they had the tv show and stuff like that but it's all gone yeah. now yeah and we've kind of seen them reemerge in like nhl where they used to have the show so maybe yeah we're kind of going back to their yeah no, no question. shout out barry melrose <laughs> uh m&m's uh speaking of uh sponsorships over kyle bush they're actually going to sponsor the pocono cup race on july 24th i didn't know this but they call themselves the official chocolate of nascar um, so i saw you write that on the on our little rundown and yeah. i didn't realize you were talking about m&m's <laughs> i was just very confused <laughs> Yeah, so they've uh, been with NASCAR for over 30 years. So they're going to, and I believe, I guess, with they're ending their sponsorship, I guess, if they're not sponsoring Kyle Busch. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I think that as part of when that came out, when I read it, I read it that they were, Mars was not going to be involved in NASCAR yeah. sponsorship anymore. So they're going to use it to pay, pay special tribute to NASCAR fans and Mars associates who've made the journey so memorable. Uh, and then it was, what I've, think what was pretty cool is mars will search on social media to identify active and passionate m&m's racing fans and they'll be invited as vips through the race and then one fan will serve as the grand marshal and then if you're in the poconos you can uh, join a special discussion that will be moderated pre-race by jamie little and will feature kyle bush david gillen ernie irvin and ken schrader will show stories and fans can submit questions you can also watch it online as well yeah that's cool uh if 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 Mars was you know doing all of their people they've that they have sponsored not just that M and M's is sponsored then maybe Bobby Hillen would have gotten the invite. Oh, he he did have a Snickers sponsorship for for a while there. There's Southern Five Hundred winner Bobby Hillen. Yeah, 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 big, yeah, very important person <laughs> and uh, friend of the Loose Lugnuts podcast. True the the first uh, guest is he, was he the yeah. first guest? Yeah. yeah. And uh, the the artist who sings the outro song. Yeah. So he's a big part of the podcast. He's a big guy. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, that's cool. Uh, it, for the influencer thing, I'm kind of curious, or not influencer, I made that word up. For the fans they're going to find on Twitter or whatever, I'm curious, like, how they're determining this. Because, yeah. you know, like, the M&M's race jacket with all the sponsors and stuff but it's got the big m&ms is a very popular thing for people that have no idea what nascar is to wear just out and about you know right know what i'm talking about like yeah you'll be at the mall or something and some guy who you look at him and you know that he doesn't even know what nascar is is wearing an m&ms nascar yeah yeah you're like oh you're a big uh kyle bush fan they're like who are you yeah. talking about f is kyle bush <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, and then the last thing we got for news, I think this is pretty cool. Uh, Trackhouse has announced the creation of Project 91. Uh, that's in all caps, by the way, which is designed to expand its, uh, the international reach by fielding a Cup Series entry for renowned international racing drivers. So they will enter a number 91 car at least once this season with plans to expand in the future. And that first one will be 2007 Formula One world champion. I'm going to mess this name up, but Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah, Kimi Raikkonen. Yeah, yeah, that. I, I'm super excited about this. I think it's really, really, really cool. And, and like, I think it was. I think it's cool whenever you know. There's always a few random guys that make an appearance in NASCAR. Like, 
obviously Montoya was full time for a few years, but even the guys like Jacques Villeneuve and and stuff like that that kind of do little one off appearances, I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool when they compete. And Justin Marks, uh, I, I think it's he he's breathed 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 fresh life into yeah. NASCAR a little bit with cool ideas like this and you know getting Pitbull involved in their ownership, but put his money where his mouth is getting a uh, former F1 world champion Raikkonen as their first guy. So I'm, I'm excited about it. And, uh, and I'm also curious if it's only, if they're only going to throw these guys on road courses, cause there are more, or if they'll, they'll put some in an oval too, depending on how many they get. Yeah. It would be interesting. And I guess it'd be up to um, whoever they end up getting, but uh, Kimmy's going to be driving in Watkins Glen. And I think it, it would only help the, you know, having a former world champion do it. I don't know if you'd ever be able to get like current guys like a Lewis Hamilton or any of those guys that currently do formula one, but I think it's worth it. And then yeah, it kind I of proves awesome. like, yeah, just, Hey, like, I mean, we've seen Jimmy Johnson kind of do the Indy car stuff, but having an F1 guy come to NASCAR would be pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Haas, when, when they were in Miami, when F1 was in Miami, Haas did a crossover deal with, with Mick Schumacher and, and, I can't remember who their other F1 driver is, but they came and, and drove a few of the NASCAR cars with, with Briscoe and, and Custer and those guys, uh, which I thought I, I enjoyed. I watched the whole video. I thought it was just kind of a cool deal, but I think stuff like that's neat. And yeah. I think for this sport worldwide. And, uh, you know, it helps when you have Mr. Worldwide trying to get all these international guys in. Great point. Yeah. All right. So on Sunday, we have the Coca-Cola 600. Uh, coverage begins Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern on Fox with the race scheduled for 6 p.m. They started listing the purses uh, on the, the, all the notes and everything. So the purse is 8.9 million. Uh, radio on the Performance Racing Network and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. As the name of the race suggests, the distance is 600 miles, 400 laps. It'll be four stages this time with each one being uh, 100 laps. We'll test yeah. the test the drivers a little bit longer. Longest race of the year. Yeah, it, it, uh, I'm curious. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see what how the racing is in general. Um, 600 laps or 600 miles, excuse me, is is uh, way more obviously than than the, most of these guys are used to. And uh, I, the one thing I always kind of appreciate about Memorial Day weekend is you get the Indy 500 in the morning. You get to watch that, and then the Coke 600 and it's basically an all-day racing affair, uh, but hopefully, you know, coming right off of the all-star race in Texas, hopefully the racing is better than that was. Um, I think NASCAR needs it. I, I don't. I don't think they can afford two duds, and especially 600 miles of dud is not going to be good. Yeah. Um, so it's especially it's, if it's uh, the Indy 500 is going to be good. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, shout out to Jimmy Johnson, who's going to be running that. I'm, I'm yeah. really excited to see how he does, but. Yeah, I think it's a pretty important weekend for NASCAR in general. I think they need to put on a good show here. So it, it, it's, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. You know, back in the day, my favorite part of that Sunday was seeing if Tony Stewart could actually get from Indianapolis to Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, I miss that. I wish that there were more guys. Like, I really wish, and maybe he will if he sticks with IndyCar a couple more years, but I really wish Jimmy Johnson would do the double or somebody would yeah. do the double. Like, I think it would be awesome. And I think, you know obviously the risk is there of if the Indy 500 runs long or, you know, something and you have a hard time getting to Charlotte on time, yeah. but like how cool, I, I think it's so cool. Um, and 
what like for the NASCAR or for the throwback deal at Darlington, my guy Briscoe, his throwback scheme was like honoring Tony Stewart back yeah. when he did the double, which is kind of neat. But yeah. yeah. Uh pre-race, we got Leonard Skinner. They're doing a pre-race concert, so that will be sweet that no one will see if you're not there. Uh Carolina Panthers wide receiver DJ Moore will be the honorary pace car driver. So we continue to see the NFL uh and uh i guess what would you call it partnership with nascar trying to sure. get more nfl players involved yeah a little crossover action yeah so does, does honorary pace car driver mean that dj moore is driving the pace car or that means he's yeah. like sitting in the passenger seat because he's just the honorary pace car i feel i thought they let him drive like a lap and then i thought they he like comes in and then they have another pace car but i don't know uh-huh. Uh, but I know it's not like the one like right before they go to green flag because I feel like he, whoever it is would mess it up. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel that way as well. Yeah. Do, do you want me to start off some of these to, to be sure. the lead on some? Yeah, okay, cool. This is the 63rd running of the Coke 600. So been doing this a long time. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte's hosted Charlotte Motor Speedway, uh, formerly known as Lowe's Motor Speedway, has hosted 123 Cup Series races all time. Um, which is the fourth most in NASCAR history. Daytona has hosted the most with 150. Martinsville second with 147. And Richmond uh, third with 131, which I wouldn't have guessed Richmond. That's what I was going to say. I probably would have said like maybe Talladega or something or Bristol. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like you've always had two Bristol races, but Richmond, I would have never guessed. Yeah. It's interesting. Daytona and Martinsville, not surprising. Richmond, yes um nine active drivers in the race including uh harvick and truex who have each won this race three times just endurance kings these guys are both <laughs> veterans and guys that win the 600 two-time winners keselowski uh and then oh he's the only two-time winner and then other guys in the field that have won austin Dillon, chase elliott joey logano and both of the bush brothers uh and then kyle larson won the race last year so if he were to win again this year, he'd be the seventh different driver to win back-to-back 600s. Uh, last time anybody did that was previously mentioned Jimmy Johnson, who won three times in a row in 03, 04, and 05, back when he was winning everything. Yeah, and probably cheating with Chad Canales, but we won't talk about that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you, 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 you know. Uh, Ryan Blaney, who won the All-Star Race, as we mentioned, is looking to become the ninth driver to win the All-Star Race and the Coke 600 in the same season. Kyle Larson did so last year. Before that, it was Kurt Busch in 2010, uh, Jimmy Johnson in 03, Jeff Gordon in 97, Dale Earnhardt in 93, Davey Allison in 91, and then Daryl Waltrip in 85 also did it. Yeah, I mean that. I guess that's a cool note, but I don't know how cool of a note that is because they're different tracks now. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's not back to back Charlotte and Charlotte. Yeah. yeah, but still, you know, you win a million bucks and then you go win one of the big three back to back weekends. Not bad. Yeah, then go win. I I don't know. I never. I'm always confused by when the purse is publicized on things because like, okay, that's cool that that's all the money that's getting thrown out to everybody, but I don't know how much the winner gets. I don't yeah. know how much of the winnings that the driver of the winning team is actually getting like so the purse number is just like yeah. a cool big number that they throw out there yeah and like sometimes they'll only list it for the cup race but then this week they released it for all three but yeah. i also like want to know like do how co- drivers contracts works like are they just saying hey kyle bush you're getting paid four million dollars and then we'll yeah. bonuses or whatever and then depending on wherever you finish or is it like 
based off your finish each race. Yeah, I have no idea. Also, I, I've been I, I, I'm very curious about that. And, yeah. and like even with the all star race, OK, the winner gets a million dollars. Well, the driver's not getting that million dollars, yeah. but like they kind of pub it like that's what's happening. I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. All right. Well, let's uh, get into prediction time. Uh, we'll start with our long shots first. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going Ricky Stenhouse. Uh, the 47 team has, you know, not run bad this year other than when he wrecks in every race. But like before he wrecks, they're they're in pretty good shape. And if you look at the numbers, uh, because I know we love the numbers on this show, yeah. uh, he, he has run very, very consistently at Charlotte. And 600 miles is, is an even longer time to go without wrecking. But but I'm, I'm going to say that, that Ricky's got a shot because he historically has done very well at Charlotte. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris Busher uh, in the last four races since 2019. He has an average finish of 11.5 with three top tens, which was kind of surprising to me. Did you uh, did you pick that note up from the Roush Fimway Keselowski press release about the race this week? <laughs> I did not. I went to driveraverages.com. Oh, wow. That's what I did for my Ricky long shot. Pick too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then winner, I'm going to go with uh, Chase Elliott. In the last uh, four races here, he has one win, four top fives, and has led 9.3% of the laps run. Nice. Good. Uh, I'm going with Alex Bowman, even though that's not what you wrote down on the rundown. I, I picked Alex Bowman to win, and I'm sticking with that pick. Uh, Are you sure? I'm positive. Go check the receipts. Oh, yep. Yep. I said Bowman, not Byron. Yeah. Another Hendrick driver with the last name starting yeah. B. Small thing. Uh, but yeah, no, Sh Bowman the showman, uh, like Mike Joy likes to call him every single time he ever says his name, uh, ha has historically done really well at Charlotte too. Obviously, Hendrick has been very, very strong this year. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see any of those four guys win and probably were my top four picks to win the race. But but I think this is I think this is one that Alex Bowman can pull off, and he does do well in these mile and a half, so. It would be sad if uh, Chase won because BOGO would be happening on Memorial Day and I'm not going to Hooters on Memorial Day. Yeah, no, that would be sad. Maybe, yeah, no, Hooters would stick with. No, maybe Hooters wouldn't, though. They might, like, Which they might. Tuesday or there's something. probably some fine print that says if it falls on a holiday, then they'll bump it to Tuesday. Because yeah. they wouldn't want to give up that many free wings on a yeah. holiday when more people are coming in. Oh, speaking of hometown people that you mentioned, did you notice in the All-Star race when they – uh, I think it was Boyer called Christopher Bell, like in he was racing at his hometown track. And I'm yeah, like, I did. Norman, I, was, Oklahoma. Okay. I thought, I, that, <laughs> yeah, I thought I misheard him or something. I was very yeah. confused. I was like, I'm pretty sure he's from Norman, Oklahoma, which is three hours north of that track. Because well, is Busher the only Texas guy in the Cup Series right now? I believe so. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, Christopher Bell's not super far, but it's also not not from Dallas. It's not even in the same state. Yeah. Like. Come on. Prosper can be considered a, a suburb of Dallas. Yeah. So that's like a legit hometown track. Yeah. Interesting. I, I hope that I hope that Busher's PR people, I don't know if you know anybody over there, but I hope that yeah. they 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 had words with, with <laughs> Yeah, there's only one Texan in this race. So if we could just type that up a little bit, that'd be great. Look here, Clint. <laughs> uh, on Saturday, we got the Allsco Uniforms 300. This is the Xfinity race. Uh, coverage begins at noon Eastern on Fox Sports 1 with the race starting at 1. Big purse of $1.28 radio on the Performance Racing Network and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. 
300 miles, 200 laps, stages are 45, 45, and then 110. This race does mark the halfway point of the regular season for Xfinity. It's pretty funny that the cup race is 100, 100, 100, 100 stages, but then Xfinity, they totally go off script with the other one and go 45, 45, 110. Well, it makes me so mad because the trucks do the same. And I'm like, why, like, what does this do? Just making these decisions. It's strange. Because you're going from like, you know, short run, short run, and then more than doubling. So it's just different racing. So I don't know if that plays into it, but it's kind of annoying. But yeah, you know, it is. Uh, this race mar- marks the halfway point of the regular season for Xfinity. So, congratulations, you're 50% of the way there, Xfinity <laughs> drivers. Um, Ty Gibbs won the race last season. If he were to win it this year, he would be the sixth different driver to win consecutive Xfinity races at Charlotte. Um, but neither of us picked Ty Gibbs, so he's not going to win. No. Uh, uh, featured in this week's race as part of the NASCAR Drive for Diversity program is Nick Sanchez. What what car is Nick Sanchez going to be in? Oh, I know. It's the BJ McLeod car. Oh, I think that's the 78, if I recall correctly. Sounds right. Um, yeah, making his second appearance in the Xfinity Series. He raced at Phoenix earlier this year, finished 26th. So he's looking to, he's looking to put on a little bit better for the Drive for Diversity program uh, here in Charlotte. But uh, he is a full-time Menards ARCA guy. Uh, he's currently third in the standing. So he's, he's shown his chops there. Just got to gotta get accustomed to the, I guess, what you, you would call ARCA single A and then trucks yeah. double A and then the Bush Series trip, Xfinity Series triple A. Yeah. yeah. So jumping from, from high A to triple A is a big jump. for, yeah. for me. Just needs a few extra at-bats to continue on my baseball <laughs> um other drivers that have had success at charlotte though daniel hemrick justin allgaier riley herbst uh who that's I, i'm a little surprised by that but hemrick yeah. has posted two top tens and a second place finish allgaier has posted five top fives and ten top tens that's how you know he's an xfinity vet yeah. <laughs> and, and then herbst uh four top fives nine top tens and 12 starts so yeah Her, herbst likes charlotte and that's the funny thing. Like when we do these every week, it's like, you know, how many active drivers are in here? It's like, well, we have a couple bushwhackers that race in here in like 2018. And then we have, it's like Matt Crafton in the truck series because it's <laughs> raced like 30 years. So yeah, I feel like yeah. he's won at every track. <laughs> uh, but who are you going with to win? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going Daniel Hemrick. And, and I uh, actually did not go on driveraverages.com to look at any of the numbers on this one. I just, uh, I think Daniel Hemrick's actually a really good driver and, and, uh, he's had a lot of success in, in the Xfinity series and, uh, you know, a lot of experience on these types of tracks. So I'm going Daniel Henry. All right. I'm going to go Justin Allgaier. I actually picked him. Uh, I saw the stats, uh, the five top fives, 10 top tens run here a while, but mainly I'm just big on junior motorsports this year. So that in the season yeah. preview that I thought they'd be dominant. Uh, they had won eight straight stages before losing the last one, which was the most important one at Texas. Uh, when they had a really good shot to do so. But Algar has an average finish of six in the last four races at Charlotte. So I like him. Keep a junior motorsports going strong. Nice. Uh, on Friday night, which I guess would be tonight because this episode's dropping in the morning, we got the North Carolina Education Lottery 200. 
which uh, always makes me laugh that the lottery supports the education. But uh, <laughs> Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern with coverage on Fox Sports 1 starting at 8 p.m. radio on the Motor Racing Network and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio 201 miles, which is kind of weird, but uh, 134 laps, stages 30, 30, and 74. Yeah, I'm always interested in – you know, sometimes NASCAR, right? It's, it's probably not NASCAR. It's probably the tracks and the promoters and the sponsors, but they like to get cute and be like, oh, no, this is the Aaron's 299 at Talladega instead yeah. of the Aaron's 300. But then the North Carolina Education Lottery is saying, nope, we're sticking with the flat number of, of 200. We, we never mind the facts that it's 201 miles. But yeah. uh, my favorite are like maybe they'll name it like after kilometers or something like that. Like, yeah, like yeah when it's the number, and they'll be like, no, this is actually 150 miles or whatever it is. And you're like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, whatever. I mean, people like round numbers, I suppose. Yeah. I, you know, the Aaron's 299 or 399 or whatever it is that yeah. worked for Aaron's because I'm, I'm plugging Aaron's four times in this podcast, 20 years after that race was run. So, yeah. uh, but no, oh, whatever. Uh, I guess I'll keep reading. Uh, yeah. This is the 10th race of the season for the truck series and the 20th truck race all time at Charlotte Motor Speedway. It is so funny that the trucks have such long breaks between uh, races it's always kind of a pleasant surprise when they're racing um but uh john hunter nemechek's been really hot of late he has six consecutive top 10 finishes and is currently leading in the point standings by a slim four point margin over ben rhodes uh conveniently ben rhodes won this race here last year no uh nemechek did Oh, Nemechek one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I see. I, yeah, I, I, my, I got bad info. <laughs> Looks like you need to, you know, go play the lottery, get some North Carolina education. I, d- I actually, uh, I got yeah, uh, seven sure years did. of North Carolina education under yeah. my belt. Moved, moved from Charlotte to Houston, and at age seven. So there you go. Shout out to North Carolina education. <laughs> Even though I went uh, to private school, so I, I guess that actually probably doesn't fall under North Carolina education. Yeah, I don't think they get any of the lottery money. I don't know how that works. Right. Uh, three active drivers are in the field, including the Bushwhacker himself, Kyle Bush, who has won here eight times, along with Matt Crafton, who won in 2018 and 2016, and then John Hunter Nemechek with that uh, last year. Uh, with all that said, though, we've had four different winners in the last four years at Charlotte. Yeah, shout out Johnny Sauter who won in 2018. Yeah, I'd love to see an, an old guy back in victory lane. Maybe it's got to be frustrating for the older drivers racing in the truck series that they just keep on getting slacked by these young guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Johnny Sauter in 18, Kyle Busch in 19, Chase Elliott uh, in 2020, and then Nemechek in 21. Cool, yeah, very cool. Uh, one guy to watch for in qualifying, Max Gutierrez. He's from Mexico. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is attempting to be the 66th driver all time in the truck series to be from outside of the United States. Uh, that's another surprising number. Yeah. That there have been 65 non-Americans uh, race in the truck series. Good for good. I feel for like him. a lot of them might be Canadian, but oh, good point. Yeah, they're probably that's a little disappointing. I, I would love to see more diversity yeah maybe we should pull the numbers on that one yeah we'll do we'll do some deep dive we should have thomas do it since he skipped out on this episode 
Yeah, good call. Thomas, we're expecting you to do that while you're sitting in a <laughs> rainy press box for the next 56 hours while they're trying to finish a tournament. Uh, but yeah, Max Gutierrez is going to be in the number 37 AM Racing Chevrolet. Uh, he does have seven starts under his belt in the Arca Menard series with a top 10 finish and has also raced in the Arca East series where he won a race. Um, also has three top fives and six top 10. So the guy, the guy, the guy knows how to run up front. Um, hopefully he can make the race and become number 66 of the internationals. Yeah. All right. Now it's uh, time to pick your winner. Yeah. I, you know, anytime Kyle Bush is in the field, you want to pick Kyle Bush just so you get the win under your belt. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with Ryan Priest. Um, Ryan Priest has been really strong in every truck race that he's run this year. Uh, got a lot of experience at Charlotte, and uh, think he's pretty good. Pretty good race car driver. So I'm going with Ryan Priest. And my man's is going to be a busy man this weekend as he's running in the truck race, Xfinity race, and Cup Series race this weekend. The old triple header. That's a lot of miles. If my math, if my math is correct, that would be uh, 600 plus 300 plus 201 which is 1101 miles that's longer than doing the indy 500 and the coke 600 yeah that's what he should do he ryan somebody in the indycar series needs to give ryan priest a ride and he can do the quadruple header so you run <laughs> trucks on friday run the xfinity series on saturday fly up to indy get in an indycar i don't Something tells me Ryan Priest has probably run something open wheel in his life before. Yeah. Get in an Indy car, run the Indy 500, and get back on a helicopter and get to Charlotte for the 600. What? Easy. What a missed opportunity. Easy peasy, it sounds like. And I think he could win all four. Yeah, easily. Yeah. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I mean, um, let me do that and I'll go win all four. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe on a video game. Yeah. Uh, Is that not what we're talking about? <laughs> uh you'd be an idiot not to pick kyle bush but i am an idiot and i'm gonna go go with friend of the program carson hosevar i think he's had a great run this season hasn't sealed the deal with the win so he's gonna been a bridesmaid looking to be the bride last season uh he finished second this year i think he's gonna finish first yeah i like that pick good pick thank you uh, now time for everybody's favorite segment is our paint schemes of the week we'll start with the uh, trucks first I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, shoot. I, I should have been more prepared for this one. I picked Dean Thompson. Um, as you can hear me typing. Yeah. Uh, so Dean Thompson is a guy who I've never heard of before, but when I was looking at the paint schemes, I, uh, I saw his paint scheme and I really liked it. And I'm about to tell you about, all about it and why I really liked it shoot except for the oh yeah there they are dean thompson though really liking his paint scheme and the reason that i really like it is <laughs> you sound like a guy like a guy that's writing a paragraph that has to be like 500 words <laughs> yeah yeah uh hold on well while you find that i'm going to use carson hosevar and the number 42 premier security uh it's a oh, white yeah. car with uh and it's got a stripe down the side that kind of curls it's got stars inside of it a lot of patriotic yep. schemes this weekend so we love good, that good looking car yeah this, okay so the reason i did not pick or the reason i did pick dean thompson is because my cup 
pick is is a patriotic scheme and i didn't want to go all patriotic even though i do love the usa yeah but dean thompson is driving the number 40 worldwide worldwide express chevrolet and i really like it because it has a lot of arrows on the car and all of the arrows are pointing towards the front of the car which is also the direction that he'll be driving so like if anyone is ever confused about what direction they should be driving (laughs) they just need to look at dean thompson's truck and they'll see the arrows and be like, oh, I need to drive this direction. Cool. So, yeah. and it's also, it's, I'm a big fan of like multiple shades of blue. Like I think the Memphis Grizzlies have a great look in the NBA. And this kind of has that Grizzlies look with a darkish blue and a lighter blue. Uh, so good looking, good looking truck. Yeah. Go Dean Thompson. Good looking Chevy Silverado. Oh yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and the Xfinity, uh, we mentioned Ryan Priest running the triple header. Uh, this one non-patriotic, but uh, he's in the Hunt Bros Pizza, and as our friend Thomas would say, Hunt Bros before Hunt Hose. Mm. All green, red lettering, just looks sweet. Hunt Bros for life. Yeah, I like that. Uh, my pick in the Xfinity series is what is going on now? Somehow, oh, here we go. Yep, it's Daniel Hemrick in the number 11 circle, water your way, Chevrolet. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, I'm a sucker for good, like, festive looking, uh, like, oh, man, I look at this car and it makes me feel like I'm going to be really hydrated uh, because it does. There's, like, this cool water looking thing. It's like a spray splash of water with half of an orange, like you just see half of an orange, and then you see some strawberries and some kiwis. And then what looks like, Oh, I guess circle is like one of those water like filter, right? Yeah. I like it's like a water filter. So there's actually a water filter on the side of the car uh, with, with a bunch of, of strawberries around it. So I'm just all, it, it just, it gives me good warm feelings inside. And then uh, you had an honorable mention of Ty Gibbs. Yeah. So uh, anytime, anytime that there's a can of potato salad on the side of the car, <laughs> I got, I got to mention it. So Really not a good looking paint scheme at all for Ty Gibbs and the number 54 Reese's Fine Foods Toyota. But when they just slap, it's like, they, they, they're like, okay, people don't know what Reese's is. So we have to let them know what Reese's is somehow. We sell potato salad. So how are we going to let them know that we sell potato salad? Let's just take a picture of the package of potato salad and just slap it somewhere where there's space on the car. So that's what they do. You just got the number 54 and then you look right to your right and bam, there's a big thing of Reese's potato salad. So yeah, yeah that's Big why potato I, salad guy, Lou Killen. Yeah, I do love I love potato salad. <laughs> uh all right, and cup, we'll throw out the uh in honor of Thomas one. This one is pretty sweet. Uh Cole Custer in the number 41 car driving the chicken cock whiskey. Mm. And it just says chicken cock whiskey in giant letters on the side of the car. Yeah, and it is a good looking car. Yeah, uh, it is. I mean, it could be all white and just say the words chicken cock whiskey and it would have been picked, but yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, uh, do they sell chicken cock whiskey in the state of Texas? That's what, uh, let me look that up. I'll look it up while you uh, give us your favorite cup scheme. Yeah. So mine is another Stuart Haas car. Um, it, it's the, uh, number four, Kevin Harvick, uh, mobile one Ford. Um, and, it's very patriotic. That so so Stuart Haas has three has three cars that are all very patriotic looking, but this one is the coolest looking patriotic one. It's got like a faded out American flag running along the side of the car. But what makes it really special is obvious is you know 
the Mobile One Pegasus is a is a staple of the Mobile One brand, and it's got the majestic red flying Pegasus right there next to the American flag. So it's like almost more patriotic looking than an eagle um, because it's a it's a Pegasus. Which, for those that don't know what a Pegasus is, I'm pretty sure it's a horse with wings. So <laughs> that's why I picked that. Uh, you cannot buy chicken cock whiskey within a hundred miles of Bryan College Station. Oh man. So that's very sad. Yeah. Uh, the one I picked two because I couldn't figure out which one I liked better. And I really want to see this one in person because all you can really see is just the uh, like the little rendering that they put on NASCAR.com. But Brad Keselowski has a white and blue, uh, the Kohler cooler generators. Kohler. Herb Kohler. Kohler. He's, from, he's from Wisconsin. I've met him before. Oh, really? Yeah, crazy guy. Uh, so it's a very nice patriotic. And then like it has like a metallic number six that looks completely different than the rest <laughs> of the paint scheme. And I just think it like pops. Yeah. So I'm really, but I'm really interested to see like how it looks uh, in person or like on TV. Uh, and then the other one that I really like, and I don't think it matters where, how you look at it, but Corey LaJoy in a red, white, and blue camo uh, USO car that looks pretty sweet. I think that's the best one in the field. Yeah, uh, you can always count on Corey LaJoy to have a great-looking patriotic scheme. Yeah. And you know who else does? And it's also number 07, not just 7. Uh, Joe Graff Jr. in the Bucked yes. Up Energy and Xfinity. Yeah. They, like, I don't probably never, ever going to buy Bucked Up Energy. But their one this week, too, is, like, Bucked Up Patriotic. Like, you're just yeah. going to be all messed up on red, white, and blue. Bucked Up on America. Yeah. So yeah, I almost fucked up on freedom. If there wasn't a potato salad car in the field, I would have mentioned <laughs> that one. <laughs> oh, so that will do it for our Charlotte preview, Luke. Thanks for coming on, man. I hope you had fun. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was good to be back. I'm excited about a good weekend of racing. Um, you know, Memorial Day is, is a great weekend always. Yeah, and then uh, we didn't really mention it, but they would they will there be most of the cars will honor uh, a service member on the windshield where they normally have their name they usually put uh fallen service members names on there so be on the lookout uh for that something uh really neat that nascar does but we appreciate you guys for listening maybe thomas will be back maybe not on uh tuesday but we'll be back to recap all the three races we appreciate you guys for listening we'll see you no rain in the forecast i grew up in texas where football was my game until that racing fever started burning in my brain Started running many stops when I was 13 And won a short track championship when I was just 16 I met a man named Harry Hyde and he built a car for me Sponsored by Granddaddy Hill and Strilling Company We ran in five Grand Nationals when I was 17 My Talladega finish was the start of my big dream Luck has given me the brakes 
I must admit she smiled a bit, but it's me that runs the race. Now you can't be a champion due to luck or circumstance. I'll do the best I can for those who've given me the chance. Thank you for the ride, Harry High. And now I've got stuff of us on my side. You've given me my wings, now it's up to me to fly. Thank you for 